Haskins tweets. I get it. The dude's hitting pretty well right now. I'll just say, where were some of you when Reese Hoskins couldn't find a hit? When he was instead striking out, not even walking. Look, this guy's on a tear right now. I can say that for sure. On, a, on an absolute tear. And it's great. But is it making up for all the games he lost the Phillies when him and Andrew McCutcheon could not get on base in front of Reese Hoskins in Romuto? Because that was the thing. That happened. He couldn't get on base. He still, by the way, after this great few games, still has an on-base percentage of under 300. Which, by the way, I don't know if you know this, that's horrible. So, I'm glad that he's hitting better about damn time, but I don't know if it's still making up for a lot of the poor play that I just can't stand from. It is an absolute vicious cycle with Reese Hoskins, and I guess I am, as my, my guest now who's about to join me put it, that I am the face of the Reese Hoskins hate. And I gladly will be that because uh, I will now be the loudest one whenever Reese in July is fixing his swing yet again uh, at the age of 28. But joining me right now on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. It is... Tim O'Keefe, you can follow him at TKO underscore picks. Uh, Tim, Nolan Arenado's on the plate with a runner out second and two outs. Uh, oh, oh no. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know if you saw that, Tim, but the Phillies just got the win. Is that? Are you feeling better? Uh, John, I, I, can, I can breathe a sigh of relief now. That's a good win. Again, yeah, you are a few seconds ahead of me. I'm watching on the stream, so I'm excited. I can relax now. I see Arenado at the plate. And let's see, how was it? Now? Oh, wow, that's a fly ball, and obviously he's going to catch it, and that makes me a happy man. So, uh, John, you know, we can breathe a sigh of relief. Zach Wheeler gets the win. Absolutely deserved it. Dominant performance by him. Uh, and we can, we can all relax. We're back at 500. Yes, uh, back at 500, which I guess is an okay spot to be. Uh, you know, is, is it a little bit hard after such a short season to now kind of switch our brains back to the fact that it's 162 games and – we maybe don't need to have all of these very strong opinions about any of these teams right now. Oh, John, I mean, I, I learned that firsthand. Again, like, look, we're, we're, we're looking at this whole season, and last year was so short, and everyone got in all those quick reactions. And this year, I already had a bad example where the A's were awful in that first, like, seven games, where they couldn't, they won one game, I think, in their first six or seven games, and all of their losses were about, like, four runs or more. And I, I was uh, I was calling Oakland dead, and they are obviously uh, everyone knows that's uh, that's not what happened. So yeah, I've got to take that chill pill myself and just realize it's 162 games. So yes, uh, I am example one of that, and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there. Yes, uh, I think there are a lot of people that probably need to do that, including you, including myself, and maybe including everybody in baseball as of right now. Uh, so how, what are tonight's bets looking like for you? Uh, what was some of the action you had tonight? What are you following? And uh, anything going right your way? Because after the Corbin Burns prop, strikeout prop did not hit for me, it has basically all just been downhill ever since. Yeah, John, tonight was a, a very odd night for me when I started looking through the board because we had a ton of games. We had a lot of NBA, a lot of MLB. And there wasn't too many things that I really loved. And that was odd to me. I saw it a few plays. I watched it. My favorite one, the one that I put the most uh, most of my own money on, did hit. I loved the Suns coming into the night. They beat the Knicks. 
it was more just a, I didn't buy that the Suns were going to lose three straight games more than against the Knicks. I think the Knicks are legit for what they are. as like a middle-of-the-pack East team that, you know, I don't think they're going to win, a, depending on who their matchup is. I think they could win a first-round game if they're in the 4-5. Uh, after, outside of that, I think they're done. They're not going to take down any of the big three. But the Suns were my big play, so that went well. Uh, had a tough loser. I had the Twins, um, and that, that one came back to bite me. Obviously, Berrios started off hot, uh, I believe, shut out through five, and then had let up a few runs in the, in the sixth. Ends up going to extra innings, and Cleveland walks off with it. Um, and then a couple other minor plays here and there. But, again, the board was – it was hot. You know, it was one of those days where I wasn't going to force myself into loving something. And it, it was an interesting day for me. Honestly, I haven't had one of these days in a while. But that was my that was my vibe coming into the night. Where hey, there's one or two things I liked, and I really ended up splitting. Those are the main two plays. Yeah, my whole problem was I had a bunch of bets that I really liked and ended up picking uh, the wrong ones. Like, have you ever had that day that you <laughs> like so many things on the board, but you're like, all right, I can't put everything on here, so I'll pick a few of them and just go with that. And I I ended up picking like almost all the wrong ones. Josh, I think everyone who's – if you've been gambling for any sense for your uh, – or sorry, excuse me, for any bit over the last couple of years, then you have had that feeling. We've yep. all had those nights. Trust me, I've had that night for sure. I know where you're at. And you know what? There's only one way to turn it around. And that's what you know what? You evaluate the board tomorrow, and then you find those winners. So, oh, look at I, you. I look at you. That is – you know what? You're, <laughs> you're absolutely right, Tim. Uh, so I uh, appreciate it. Might have to throw in there, uh, if you have any problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER just before uh, any issues come up there. Obviously. Or, yes, yeah, or uh, don't call yeah. don't call the gambler and call into the show. That's probably not good advice, at least right now, with my bets uh, going tonight. But, hey, guess what? Like you just said, the sun will come out tomorrow, baby. Uh, and and we'll have Correct. more we'll have more bets here before we get to tomorrow's bets. I I, I have been looking at the uh, just wanted to take a peek because um, you know obviously the Padres Dodgers series was a lot of fun. Padres look good. Yep. Uh, Padres are plus five hundred to win the National League. Obviously Dodgers are favored plus one sixty, and the Mets are second at plus four fifty. Um, should we maybe be be betting the Padres now, knowing that they can be competitive against the Dodgers like this? I know it's the regular season, but I think they did show us a little bit of something, right? They definitely showed us something. That is that that's the most electric regular season series I think. And again, I'm assuming it's going to carry out over the whole 19 games. The most electric regular season baseball series against two teams that we have had in years. Like I'm trying to think back. Like obviously, I remember when I was younger thinking about, like, Red Sox-Yankees being the big thing. And there were obviously some great series there. Phillies-Mets, for me, will always hold a close place in my heart. I think we've had some great series there, especially when I think back towards the, you know, the the Phillies run in, in an 08, and you got Utley-Howard, Rollins versus like, – the guy – public enemy number one for me will always be Jose Reyes. He was the face of the Mets for me, and that was, he, was, he was just my enemy. But, yeah, you're right. This Dodgers-Padres series has just been incredible. That – down 7-1 last night. The Padres come back, win it in extras. It's been absolutely electric. And go, now, circling back to your question, should we value the Padres? There's absolutely value there. I mean, the Dodgers, the Dodgers are still the favorite for a reason. I still think they come out of the NL. But the Padres are 5-1. to one. Like that, That's going to be a hell of a series if we can get that for the uh, National League Championship. Um, and honestly, the other thing that jumps out at me when you mentioned it, the Mets are getting a lot of respect early on. I mean, it seems like it's shifting. I don't like get it. Braves. I don't get it either. I really don't. 
I mean, I see the, I still see the Braves as being the favorites in this division. They or should be the favorites in this division. But it's the Mets that are getting all the love, and I, it's confusing to me. I don't know if it's sharp money coming in on the Mets or just a lot of New York money that's dumb. I, but I, hey, it's the money's there because they, they're giving respect in the odds. Yeah, it's it's just odd early on the season. It's not like I think the Mets have been dominant. I mean, they're they're above 500, but barely. Uh, they also haven't played as many games yet as as other teams uh, because they've been having a lot of postponements. You know, uh, I think they were slated to face the Nationals early on in the season. There were COVID issues, like all the, these kinds of things where we haven't really seen much from the Mets, and even from what we've seen, they're barely above 500. But even though they are, it's not been like an impressive. Uh, start for the Mets. It's just been okay. It's been decent, not bad, uh, but it's 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 just odd to see them shooting up the board as much as they have. Uh, but looking away from the futures board and looking uh, more to the near future for tomorrow, we do have a lot of games on tomorrow's slate, as we have pretty much for uh, baseball the entire month and for the start yep. of the season. It's been great to have these huge slates, but tomorrow. First, I'll start with the Phillies. Zach Eflin taking on Carlos Martinez. At right now, I think I'm seeing that at even money. Hold on, let me check that. Let me check that real quick. Is that is that wrong? I'm say, I'm saying the same thing. I, I no way. Even, even money. money? I, I mean, you have to take the Phillies, right? I uh, yeah. I mean, the pitching master. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. That we hammered Carlos Martinez a few. Carlos months. Martinez has not been back. good this season. At all. No, Carlos Martinez hasn't been good in a couple of years. Yes, so, uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at Eflin here, who's has a 2.77 ERA so far this year. And while I know I've mentioned I have some questions long-term, he's been good. Like, he's been good to start this year, and obviously the better matchup with Martinez. The Phillies offense and the Cardinals offense, I think you may have the way. I like the Phillies, if you're making me line that up, but I, the offenses are comparable. And now I just love that pitching matchup for the Phillies in comparison. I don't know why it's even money. I know the Phillies away record. This was just, I believe, their second away win. I'm seeing it now it's two and seven. I'm gonna say, oh, I'm sorry. You know what? They will be three and seven. This is not updated yet. So I think they'll be three and seven on the road. So I guess that's factoring in. But even money, I love the Phillies tomorrow. I'm not. I'm definitely not taking the Cardinals and Martinez on the mound with that. No, and basically is. That, is- the only way to bet the Phillies, like, what, how are you approaching betting the Phillies? Uh, obviously, we know it's the hometown team, and you know people are going to want to put bets on the Phillies. But obviously, I try and look for different ways, like team totals, uh, maybe strikeout props for whatever pitchers on the mound. Uh, but with the Phillies now, uh, like, obviously, I think full game it actually is a pretty decent place price for Zach Eflin. But are we maybe just going to stick with a first five bet with the Phillies? Like, how are you approaching them? Now knowing and at least seeing that the bullpen isn't uh, completely healthy yet, I know they have Jose Alvarado back, but uh, but not completely being a hundred percent. Yeah, John, that's that's a good call. You should look at first if you love a matchup because of the starting pitching. First five is a very good way to go. Yeah, Obviously, it's the same price too, minus one hundred eight. Uh, same price. Yeah, no, I, no, and that's that's good value there, especially when yeah the questions about the Phillies pitching wise are in the bullpen. Uh, Alvarado coming back big that helps. But we're still missing Archie Bradley, who I think is actually probably going to be over the course of the season the most important member of the bullpen, at least in my opinion. I think that's the way that's going to shape up. Maybe not using him as the closer, but using him as the guy that you bring in in the tough spots. And we are missing him at least for a little longer. So first five is not a bad way to go there. I do like that strategy, and it's to kind of nullify that bullpen early on, especially when another reason I like the game, Carlos Martinez is starting, and Carlos Martinez might only be in for the first couple innings. So no, that's not a bad way to go. I like that strategy by you. 
go with the first five, and I think that's the way to play it if we're looking at this. Yeah, how are we looking at betting the Braves right now? Because I would... I mean, I would love to bet the Braves, and I bet them on the run line today. I wanted to take my shot with it for the bounce back, but uh, they're pitching, whether it's starting pitching or bullpen, just all kind of a mess right now. The bullpen, a little bit surprising. Starting rotation, I understand, because of injuries. Their two best starters are literally on the IL right now, Mike Soroka yep. and Max Fried. So obviously starting pitching, but they have Ian Anderson on the mound tomorrow. You know, I... I'm not going to bet, obviously, the money line is very high. I'm not going to bet the run line because I can't trust the pitching. Uh, if we're going to bet the Braves, is it just going to be based off of their offense and maybe just a team total when we can? Yeah, I think so. Tomorrow specifically, I, Ian Anderson's going for that, and he is a guy that I do trust based off last year. But you're right, overall, for just talking general, betting the Braves on a night in, night out, the offense is, what, is what's scary about that team until Max Fried comes back, until Soros comes back, like you just mentioned. They have a lot of questions on the mound most games coming out. I think you can try to eye it up. Like, this, Trevor, they're facing Trevor Williams tomorrow. I believe, and I'll have to double-check this when we're doing research tomorrow, I think these teams faced off earlier in the year, if I'm not mistaken. And I think Trevor Williams, I want to see how Williams performed against the Braves uh, in that prior matchup. And maybe that's a tell I can use. And you're right, maybe the team totals the way we go there. If you see something, hey, when these two last faced off, Williams was rocked, and the Braves scored eight runs in three innings, and that's something that maybe you can go with that team total. I still that the total that number right now in Atlanta for the full game, the one I'm looking at is minus one sixty. That's too high. For, that's too rich for my blood. I'm not going in on that. Um, but yeah, you're going through with the Braves. It's the offense you can trust. So maybe it is a team total way you look at it until those big names get back. Specifically for tomorrow, I don't mind them on the run line. I think because I do like Ian Anderson. That's a little bit of a soft spot for me. I think he's going to be really good for a long time, which is bad for our Phillies. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a tough call with the Braves. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah, it has been. And I, it's been tough because I know the lineup's good and I would like to bet him. But, yeah, it's uh, it's been really tough as of late to do it. And the only kind of way I see it is just offensively. Uh, obviously, another offense I like to look at is the Angels. Not seeing anything out there yet, but... Uh, I imagine, look, it's Jose Quintana and Mike Fultonavich. I don't know how much of a favor the Angels can actually be, uh, but that's one where, I mean, we're expecting a lot of runs in that game, aren't we? Between Quintana taking on the Rangers and a right-hander, Mike Fultonavich, who's 0-3 with the ERA over 5 against an Angels lineup that crushes right-handed pitching. Um, yep. Just look at today. I mean, at that game, we're, we're probably going to expect a lot of runs and bet on it that way. I would think so. Now, one thing I will say with that one is we might want to wait until a little bit later in the day. So if you're, if you're thinking about line up, it in the yeah. morning when the line first comes down. Because, yeah, that lineup. Because, remember, Shohei yeah. was pitching today. I think he's in the lineup tomorrow because that's the way they – I think they've been saying, hey, we're full of go. He's going to keep playing. But I know in one of his earlier starts this year, he did sit the next day. They said it was just due to general rest, not specifically because he's pitching. But we'll see how that plays out over the course of the season. And Shohei's one of the big reasons that they have been killing right-handed pitching, like you mentioned. I believe he's leading the AL in home runs, which is like, – the guy's found it. I, I, am, I think I've said it before here, John, with you. I am all in on Shohei. I think he's really good value at MVP still. Last I saw it was 11-1. That might have been, that was a couple of days ago, so it only would have gone down, I think. And he's the second runner-up in the AL behind Mike Trout. Um, and that, to be fair, that, that was a few days old. So if someone wants to double-check me, feel free. But that's the last I saw, and I think there's still good value with Shohei there. So, assuming that he plays, then I'm 100% with it. Let's get this. Could just be a big over. And like you said, I like the, maybe I just go with the Angels team total because then they were down four nothing today. He had a rough start, and then he figured it out for the next four innings, from what I saw. 
but then all of a sudden they're up 7-4. That lineup is, is electric. Talking with Tim O'Keefe, you can follow him at TKO underscore picks on Twitter. Joining me on the Dr. Glavary, grow your hairline on the line change. Fox Sports The Gambler presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Uh, there's a lot of lopsided matchups tomorrow, and so... Uh, when you see that, I mean, l- let me run through all the money lines I'm seeing. There's only two of them, yep. two or three of them. When you look at the the start of it, uh, the Phillies game is even. Minnesota is a minus 111 favorite and then even money. But then you look at that, minus 172 for the Yankees, minus 135 for Washington, minus 135 for the Mets, minus 160 for the Braves, minus 153 for the Brewers, minus 240, minus 177, minus one. It, it is a lot yep. of big money line favorites. How do you approach a board like this? Because I may pick my spots with a few underdogs here, but also what I probably try and do is just stick to game props like team total. Yeah, so John, the first thing I do, like you just said, like there's a bunch of big favorites out there. I'm going to look at it and kind of look at each favorite and ask myself, why is this team this big a favorite and is it justified? And the first one you listed there, Yankees-Orioles, where Yankees are minus 172, um, where I'm seeing it right now for that bet tomorrow. And Yankees offense, we all know, they've been struggling. They're, there's nothing super special there yet. I know there's a lot of name recognition, and they've gotten a little better in the last few days, but it's still not, I'm not ready to trust it that it's all the way back yet. And I got Corey Kluber on the mound, who's 0-2 with a 5-4 ERA. They're on minus 172 at Baltimore, who Baltimore has the better record so far. Baltimore's 10-12, Yankees are 9-13. Baltimore has Bruce Zimmerman going, who, I, again, not, a, not that he's any good, 1-2 one, one with a 4-5-7 ERA. But... I, the question is, why are the Yankees such a big favorite? And I can't figure it out to me personally. I think it's just on name recognition and it's the Yankees. Yeah, what so is I'm, it? I'm looking at value. Yeah, is it just a good idea to, to fade the Yankees? Because they, they're still getting priced as if they are the New York Yankees, but they're not playing like right. it. You know, I just, I feel like because of that, it just may be a good idea. They're 9 13, but they're always a huge money line favorite. I, I guess just fading yep. them seems really profitable right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it's been. I'm sure if I, I don't have the stat on it, but I'm sure if someone goes back and looks, if you faded the Yankees in every game this year, you might be able to retire if you're putting enough money on it because I'm sure it paid off very well. And, uh, again, I'm just looking at this game tomorrow. Until they prove that they're back to being the Yankees, they shouldn't be a 172 favorite unless Cole's on the mound. If Cole's on the mound, that's different. It's not Cole. It's Corey Kluber, and it's not 2014, 15, 16 Corey Kluber. It's 5.4 ERA Corey Kluber that I'm not sure is going to get that much better. So, yeah, I see this as a coin flip game, and if you're going to give me Baltimore at pretty good plus money, I'll take it. I think that's a good value there. So that's kind of my method as I go through the board at those big favorites, and I'm looking. I have to talk myself in, should this team really be that big a favorite, and can I understand why? Or is the book just giving too much respect to a team that hasn't earned it yet? Yeah, I completely agree uh, that they're they're priced at kind of uh, like they're still the – you know, AL East leading Yankees or like the yep. the top American League team, and they're just not playing like that. So it's it's very odd. Uh, also, one thing that was really odd back on April nineteenth against the Boston Red Sox, uh, Lucas Giolito went one inning, allowed eight runs, seven of them earned, and gave up two home runs. Uh, I can't believe he even made it out of the first inning uh, because he was brutal. You know, the the guy though before that has been great. Strikeouts of 8, 10, and 8 in the first three starts. Uh, I imagine the strikeout prop, when it comes out, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's one I'm going to look at as he faces Detroit. Obviously, 
I don't think we're betting money line because that's going to be way overpriced. Yeah, the White Sox are minus 250. Uh, maybe a shot on the Tigers, but I think what I'm primarily going to, to look at early on and when the, the line does come out is his strikeout props. Uh, can we maybe expect a bounce back from Lucas Giolito? Yeah, John, it's actually, I was just kind of thinking this, because that game jumped out at me, too, with the G, like the White Sox minus 250 and Giolito really struggling in that last start. I mean, struggling. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, look, he blew <laughs> up. It was a, And, look, we know Giolito's a stud. He, he's going to be okay over the long term, at least I would think. He's enough of a track record now where I trust it. But it doesn't mean that he figures it out in this specific start. A little bit of a combination here where I, I think you could do a double play and somewhat hedge your bet where you're getting a lot of value, by, by value, a lot of big payout on the Tigers if Giolito still hasn't figured this out yet, right? So I see me doing a little play there, but there's also a chance that Giolito just goes back to what he was in those first couple starts. And against this really struggling Detroit Tigers team, he could rack up a ton of Ks. As I'm going to look at this, I'm, I'm curious what that, that strikeout prop's going to be tomorrow. I could see myself maybe doing a little bit of a hedge that could hit twice where you take a little bit on the Tigers' money line and then also you put on, hey, Giolito over if it's the eight-and-a-half strikeouts or where that number sits. And you could win double, but, again, it's, Giolito could go – we don't know what's going to happen. He could go right back to being a stud. Or, you know, sometimes guys go through funds that last a couple of weeks here, and we'll see how he bounces back. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how he does uh, because I would like to bet his strikeout prop, but – uh, that last start obviously is in the mind of uh, those that want to bet Lucas Giolito. Uh, so maybe that's going to be one yeah. to stay away. Now, all right, there are a lot of big underdogs, as we just mentioned. Um, uh, the Tigers are the biggest one at plus 210. Uh, but what's the underdog? I think you just mentioned the Orioles as being a good one, and I like that. But outside of Baltimore, is there any other underdog that's kind of sticking out to you a bit here? I mean, the Mets are a minus-135 favorite because Garrett Richards is on the mound, but it's not like David Peterson's been any better this year. So are the Red Sox a play? Uh, maybe the Cubs? Uh, Marlins? Whatever it may yeah. be. Any big money line dog that kind of stands out outside of Baltimore? Yeah, so John, I'm, I'm curious. This game's actually just going on. The series I'm about to play is just going on now, so I'm going to be monitoring how it goes for tonight. But we were talking about Dodgers-Padres earlier on in this series. And, I, you know, I think a series like that, where these teams have gone really at it and against each other, takes a lot out of them. And the last that's obviously the second series we've had of those two teams. What I did after the first series was I faded both of them, and they were both still big favorites coming into their next games. Because I think that series just takes a good amount out of you and it takes a little bit to get back. So that Red-Dodgers game, it's, going, it's the late game tomorrow, going off at 10-10. Red Nine and twelve so far. Need to figure it out. Two and seven on the road. That's not good. Obviously, going into this matchup where they're going to LA, they have a pitcher Jeff Hoffman on the mound, who's a former Rocky. He's kind of out a little bit of a former East Carolina here. University pitcher. Wow, there you go. He's a pirate. I right, now see now I'm into this all the more. Uh, so I look at him. Two and one with a two six six ERA coming into the game. So he's had off to a very good start for himself. And yeah, look, he's going against Walker Bueller. So obviously, the Dodgers are going to be big favorites there than the better team. As much as I respect Mr. Hoffman, they, they, the Dodgers have the better pitcher on the mound here. Yes, they But do. I could see a value there where, you know, the Dodgers, have, it takes a lot out of you in those series. So I'm curious to see how they play it out tonight. But that's a t- the Reds in this series are a team that I think could, you know, maybe sneak two of three from, uh, from L.A. here after that big fight with the Padres, especially after the way they fell apart on Sunday night. Yeah, it's it was a very 
tough series now, of course. It's bottom of the first inning. Only one out, and uh, the Dodgers have the bases loaded with Will Smith up at the plate. So uh, we're already seeing the Dodgers come out pretty strong in this one. But, hey, maybe that's uh, that's even the better. Maybe they uh, kind of unload the chamber today, and then uh, they're, they're kind of not really too much into it come tomorrow. So we'll see. Uh, I it, It'll be interesting, but... Yeah, I, I think that's another money line dog. Look, all of these are big underdogs. You're taking a chance no matter what. And there's always yeah. going to be risk involved. But, yeah, I think that that's not too bad of a play. Correct. And just to be clear, you're right. My favorite underdog for tomorrow was the person we talked about. Baltimore. Yeah, absolutely. That's my favorite one. Yep. And then, but, yeah, I, the Reds is another one. I think those are my main two going into tomorrow. Um, and, yeah, that, that's where I think that's where my dog money's going. I love it. You should be following him, taking his advice at TKO underscore picks. And uh, I feel like I have to at least, uh, you know, ask a Reese Hoskins question because that's apparently my thing now. Like, where are we at with Reese Hoskins? Are you are you with me or against me here, Tim? I got to know who my friends are here. (laughs) I I think... Look, right now, of course, everyone's jumping on you because, yeah, he's been incredible. Multi-home run games coming back recently. I think Hoskins is what he is. He's really going to be streaky, and he is going to be very frustrating during certain parts of this season. And the problem is that sometimes it's we have other streaky hitters on this team too. Like Bryce Harper is not as streaky as Hoskins, but Bryce is a streaky hitter. So when Bryce goes through his lull, and if Reese is also in a lull, it almost emphasizes all the more on Reese. The overall answer is, I guess, I think Reese is a an MLB player with his pop. He's not like an all-star level. He's not anything super special in my. I, I like him. I but I don't love him. Like I, if there was a good alternative, you could probably talk me into it. Is I guess the way I'm saying it. And but yes. right now, I don't see another good alternative. We got to figure out the outfield first. Um, so I think I'm more with you than against you. But I have other problems I need to figure out before Hoskins. Absolutely. Uh, and I think Kevin Kincaid of Crossing Broad who joined me at uh, 9 o'clock in the last hour. Um, he put it very well. Reese Hoskins is is just another guy. He's there. He's, uh, he's all right at times. He's good. But uh, yeah. it's not, like you said, he's not, I don't think, an all-star level player. Uh, that's just that's I, just not in the card. I agree. I think that's a very good way to put it. He's another guy. He's another guy who will have streaks where he is the guy. To his, like not, not all other guys can do that. That's something, I guess, if you want to take the good with the bad, he can carry you to some wins like he did tonight. He's a guy that can do that. But he's also but he's cost also him a few to... games with the way he was playing. That, yeah. that is very fair. Oh, trust me. Uh, John, I had the, one of the funnest uh, debates uh, sports-wise with my family last night where me and my dad were going back and forth. And my dad, I think, likes to remember the good times. And he, well, this is not this is a good time, but he, he likes, I brought up Reese Hoskins fielding, and he was saying how, well, he wasn't that bad in the outfield. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh God. No, oh, God. whoa, no, no, no. Yeah. Come on. That's just, that's just straight up lying to you. No. I mean, he just lied right oh. to your face. John, I completely agree. And then he, he dirtied the good name of Pat Burrell by saying he wasn't that much worse than Pat Burrell in the outfield. Pat uh, Burrell was not a actually, gold lover. Bryce no, Johnson is that bad, though. <laughs> he was like Pat, Pat yeah. Burrell levels bad, yes. Uh, at least if the ball was hit to Burrell, I trust him to catch it. I don't have that with Reese. In the outfield, first base. Well, at least Burrell had a cannon, too. Yeah. Burrell did have a rocket, man. He, no, he does not get enough respect for that. He had a rocket of an arm. You know, yeah. I, trust me, anyone tries to uh, 
go against the good name of Pat Burrell, I will step up and and fight for Mr. Burrell at the plate here. You know, I'll do I'll do the same for anybody that tries to do that with Tim O'Keefe. If you want to go after Tim O'Keefe, you got to go through me. You got to go through John Jansen. All right. That sounds like a plan to me. Thank you, sir. Oh, no problem. I always stand up for you because you give me good picks, and I'll I'll stand up for anyone that gives me good picks on the show if I'm not doing it. Uh, Tim O'Keefe, at TKO underscore picks. Uh, Tim, good talking to you. Enjoy the draft this week. I didn't even talk anything NFL draft, but uh, I always like talking baseball with you, so that's what I stick with. It was great talking baseball with you. Enjoy the rest of your week, uh, and hopefully the Phillies don't give us a scare like they just did today. Hopefully a better bullpen, but uh, thanks for joining me tonight, Tim. John, absolute pleasure as always. And look, I know it was a little scary, but we got the win. Let's go to bed relaxing. And then, yeah, guess what? We're going to have to probably go through uh, another heart attack tomorrow. But it's what it is. We got the W tonight. So have a good one, sir. Tim O'Keefe at TKO underscore picks. And, uh, yes, he is very good at handicapping baseball, even the NBA. But I I stick with baseball with him uh, just because I've personally been staying away from the NBA. I don't know. I would like to see the betting numbers, what it's like. I know baseball at this point, there is a lot more eyes watching them than in previous years with baseball, but I would like to see uh, what the, uh, the the betting numbers are, what the handles are for Major League Baseball compared to, let's say, the NBA. Because I'm finding the NBA to be a little bit tough, and I think people are just getting frustrated, which to no fault of anybody, it's just that with the way the NBA season is all condensed, and so many games in such a short period of time that we're seeing a lot of players out and injured. And it's, it's just turned into some really ugly slates to bet on. And I'm just, I'm not sure if that frustration has kind of played itself out. And now people are just staying away from betting the NBA because it's, it's just not as, I guess not as fun, but also any kind of value that you would see, it's, it just seems like a toss up. You know, you don't know what players are going to be playing that night, what teams are actually going to be taking whatever game they're in seriously because maybe they're just not feeling it, long season, all that kind of stuff. It just seems like a lot of factors that I don't think people really want to bet on. So that's why I primarily stick with baseball. Now, once we get to the NBA playoffs, which should be soon, that's a different story. That becomes a lot of fun and I'm sure we'll be talking about that with Tim and uh, others as well here on the line change. But coming up next, uh, we will make some bets for tomorrow. At least I'll highlight the ones that I liked. Uh, I will be tailing one of those picks from Tim O'Keefe. I'll let you know what that one is. Coming up next, Fox Sports the Gambler presented by Cure Auto Insurance.